0: Welcome to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, a weekly broadcast sponsored by CVC Coaching, hosted each week by industry speaker, coach, author, and educator, Jerry Eisenhower. Our presentations are produced to assist business owners and managers in turning their business dreams into their business realities. And now, here's your host, Jerry Eisenhower. Hey, I want to welcome you once again to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, brought to you every week by CBC Coaching. Take a look at our new base camp online virtual learning platform. But today we got a special guest with us, and this young lady she was doing a presentation a couple weeks ago in Portland, Oregon, and it was nothing short of phenomenal. And what she was doing was sharing sharing her methods, and they work. I know they work. I've seen them working, but her methods of building a superstar office team to run the office, to run that that my brain center of the business and she's really got some super methods and I said hey you know when you come on my podcast I want to share these and I want to get you onto my onto our learning platform producing more classes and that kind of stuff for this. So today my guest with me is Brandy Biswell. She's the wife of Jeremy Biswell past president of the NCSD and that means that She has special qualities just to survive in the same house with Jeremy. That has to be a challenge. So Brandy, you're out there with me today?
1: I am, good morning.
0: Good morning, dear, and I am so grateful you being here today, and I know we're gonna share a whole lot of value with a whole lot of people today of some of the things that you shared in Portland. So the first thing I'm gonna ask you is, you know, What You know, if I asked you, give me a secret, what's the secret to run a successful office in the year 2018 going forward? What would be a gold nugget you would share with me as far as how does Brandy do this? Because you're really an inspiration to a lot of people. And I'll bring this up also. I want to congratulate you for winning that Friendship Award from the National Chimney Sweep Guild because you're certainly a deserving individual. So, Oh, thank you. Share with me a little bit, what's this? What's a gold nugget you can share with people, how to get their office staff operating at the level that you've done with Aubrey and your other team members there in Kansas City?
1: Well, I guess if I just had to pick one golden nugget, it would be planning. Um, so you have to have a plan. Training your office staff, hiring your office staff, this is not something that you just want to wing it on. So you want to have a plan and systems in place. um, And that's what we spent a lot of time in Portland discussing is just the systems to have in place um, so that you can find the right person that's going to be with you for a long time and is really going to excel in the office.
0: I understand that. So let me ask you this. A lot of people may not know that, but Brandy, your background is nursing, and you are also an instructor in nursing. And this is one of the things that I notice out of people that come out of careers and change careers in what I'm gonna call life and death situations. Do you think your background in nursing has a part of your success and some of the tactics that you were taught? And the and the process of saving lives was that part of you think what ex what makes invigorates you into this?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, in you know in healthcare you have to have a plan in place and you have to have a system in place, um, an SOP if you will, for everything you do, every procedure you do, every interaction you have with a patient or a family member, and so that has really carried over into our chimney business.
0: Yeah, and you probably have a backup plan if something doesn't work. I mean, you know, if the power goes out, the hospital has a generator that kicks in, right? You've got so you've always got backup plans and if plan A fails, we can't say, Hey, we give up on the patient. We gotta go to plan B. Would that also be part of what your background would help you do?
1: Absolutely. In our office, everything that's in the computer, we have downtime. Uh, forms for. I talked in Portland, we use a VOIP provider. I think landlines are kind of a thing of the past. Um, And so if the power goes out, which it has, um, you know, one or two times a year, we can still completely run the office. And those phone calls can still come in. We can still get the calls. Um, It does not take us down. Work can continue. It just may be a little modified.
0: Okay, so you've hired some super people, and I know this because I've worked with some of them. I've had phone calls with them. I've had them in training. So, but the first thing is, what are the skills that you look for? What are the basic skills that you're looking for when someone comes to work for you? What is this that jumps out and say, "This is a person we can add to our team"?
1: Yeah. So the office side is much like hiring a technician because we're so specialized. Um, I can't, I'm not looking for somebody that necessarily has chimney experience in the office. I'm more looking um, for work ethic, number one. Um, so I'm asking them specific questions throughout the process to elicit, do they have a good work ethic? I'm looking for somebody who's tech savvy um, because we do use a lot of tools um, within the office, a lot of different programs that you do have to have um, a technical knowledge of. And this is where, as I'm aging, hi- hiring some of those younger staff can really be, um, very helpful. I know the millennial generation, they take a lot of flack. However, so many of them, this is just second nature to them. Um, I always use Excel as an example because we run a lot of reports in Excel. We track everything. We track tons of metrics within our office. And the kids today that are coming out of high school, Excel is just second nature to them. They can just without all kinds of graphs and formulas and something that my generation is lacking unless you went to secretarial school or had some specific reason or taught it to yourself um, smarter than me so i'm always looking to hire people that maybe have skills that i don't have so you mentioned aubrey in my office when i brought her on she had a lot of those um social media background skills so she knew a lot more about twitter instagram some of those platforms we were looking to get onto. Um, but that we didn't necessarily have as much experience with. So I'm always looking to hire people that have skills that maybe I don't have that they can bring those to the office and to the oh. table. Um, to use a buzzword that you use a lot, phenomenal. I'm looking for somebody with phenomenal phone skills because that's so much a part of what we do in the office. Um, 90% of the time we are talking to the customer on the phone. And so I'm looking for somebody that has those phenomenal phone skills that can, um, you know, take the customer cues and hear the tone in their voice and empathize with whatever they may be going through and let them know that we're going to get them taken care of.
0: That is phenomenal. You know, one of the things that I've learned in doing research since we've launched our online platform, and I only learned this in the last week, and I think this will be real interesting to you, is that online training seems to fit the millennial generation the best uh, for a lot of reasons. One, it can be geared to them, but when you brought up millennials, I think that's an important thing to remember. You're not a person that has Uh, this build-up wall of people of a younger generation I'm watching you bringing people in that are in the millennial generation and you're turning them into really winning team members so I think that's one of the things you don't have that roadblock as far as Millennials so I think that's an important thing here so let me ask you this you're probably one of the best interview people I've ever met I use you as an example You've built some processes there that I've actually had you review my next book for me on training people, but how does Brandy test an interview? What's your process to interview team members? Because what's happening is you've got a very involved process before they ever sit down at that desk on day one. Am I correct?
1: That is correct. Yeah, we we have a pretty tough process to get through. And it's funny because that you bring that up because a lot of my employees that work for me currently have said that was one of the most terrifying interviews I've ever been through or one of the most thorough. Um, and it's not meant to be terrifying, but it is meant to be a process because I don't want to hire just somebody very quickly off the street. I want to hire somebody that I know is invested um in this company and helping making this company a success and i want to invest in them Um, indeed i'll give them a shout out has made it a little bit easier just within this last year um, we post on indeed a lot just because it's an easier and it's one of the less expensive ways to advertise um, since we're not a big corporation with a huge budget and they have come up with now these different tests, there's at least nine of them, maybe more, that you can send to candidate. So when we get a resume um, through the portal and Indeed, if we like it, we'll click the maybe button and then we're sending them a test. And there's actually a couple different ones that you can send them for um, office. And it's not the same test. So if they would apply now and then reapply in three months, um, Indeed has the metric set up that it's gonna flag that, show that they've applied with us before and send them a different version of the test. And it's gonna ask them things um, such as Excel questions, just general commands in Microsoft. It actually has some personality questions, some math questions. Um, And one of the things that I like to stress is, i'm not as concerned with the score on the test it's going to score them and tell you if they're like in the top 40th percentile for the people that take that test the bottom 40th percentile i'm not as concerned with the results i do look at the results um, especially because we do have a bonus structure here and so if they're missing some of those questions i get a little concerned But more than not, I'm looking to see, are they checking their email? If they're serious about getting a job, are they checking their email? Seeing that I've sent them a test and then completing the test. And it tells you how long they took on the test as well. So I'm looking more to see, can they complete that test and follow through with it? If they do, if we like the time that they spent on the test and think that everything looks good, then the next step is a phone interview. Um, And my office manager actually conducts those for us. Um, She's gone through all of the training, so she knows the questions that are legal to ask and illegal to ask. And we actually have a set number of questions that we ask and then um, we can go and delve a little bit deeper if there's any concerns. Um, But you can tell so much just by that phone interview. You know, are there kids screaming in the background? That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it may be a barrier to employment. Is it noon and they sound like they just woke up out of bed, but they say that they're not working? Um, There's just so much that you can elicit over the phone interview. Do they answer um, in a friendly manner? I can't tell you how many people we call the phone interview and their voicemail is full (laughs) or they don't even have a voicemail set up. Um, that's not the quality of person I'm looking for um, in my office. I'm looking for somebody who's very serious about getting a job, turning it into a career, and so they're gonna have their voicemail set up. It's gonna be professional. They're gonna have a professional email. If they pass the phone interview, then they get to come in for an interview.
0: Okay, so that's great. So during the during the face-to-face interview, then Aubrey is doing a lot of that, and you've developed a process for her. You know, one of the things here, if you haven't noticed that, Brandy, and I'm going to use the term anal, is very <laughs> anal about this process. Would that be true, Brandy?
1: Yes, it would be, yes, because again... I don't want somebody that's going to come in here and only be here for two months or three months. I want somebody that's going to be here for the long haul. As a small business, we spend a lot of time and money in training and getting the right people in here in the right spot. And so I want them to be here for a long time and get my return on that investment.
0: And that's great. And and that's where we're going to further, because as you're seeing, this is what I call Brandy is selecting the best seats. Okay. Of the people she's going through, she's spending a lot of time and this takes a lot of time through this interview process. But then she makes her decision and she hires someone. So they report to work tomorrow morning at eight o'clock and Brandy's there. She's an early morning riser. So Now they come in the door, so Brandy, do we sit them down at the desk and tell them, okay, start answering the phone, or do we (laughs) put them with somebody and say, just listen and let them share with you? Tell me about their first day at work. It's what we call the onboarding. Tell me what you do with these people on day one, and Brandy's doing this, I believe, correct?
1: yes so they would have already been given all of their pre-employment paperwork so their i-9 all those legal forms i would have already had a copy of their driver's license and their social security card and their consent for background screening i would have all that already in place so they'd be bringing those forms in completed and this is where with an office person you know even going clear back to the interview process it's another test are they filling that out on paper are they filling out that out when they get here in person, or are they filling it out electronically and sending it to me ahead of time? That's the type of person I'm looking for in my office. Somebody that's filling it out electronically, knows how to do that, send it in ahead of time. So they get here their first day. The first thing they do is they attend our morning meeting. We have an 8 a.m. meeting with everyone first off and so they're gonna attend that and we're gonna welcome them and have welcome signs. We're gonna show them, we're gonna give them another tour which would have happened during um, the interview process if the interview was going well. Show them their office, show them how to lock and unlock the doors. Um, That first day is really just going through the employee manual. They're signing and initialing every page. It takes about four hours to get through our employee manual and we do it with the new employee so that way they can ask questions along the way and then um, they are making sure that all their pre-employment paperwork is in place so i can send it off to the right parties and then if there's time left over that first day then they're going to start watching some videos and they're going to familiarize themselves with the csi website the ncsg website and just start familiarizing themselves on a very 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 basic level um, for an office person they're not even going to leave my office or Aubrey's office or whomever they're training with um, for about four weeks. They're gonna be right by our side, listening to how we answer phone calls, um, listening to call recordings in their downtime. So all of our phone calls are recorded. So they're gonna be listening to those in any downtime they have if we're busy with another task, just to hear the types of calls that come in and how they're handled. Um, And then, you know, maybe on week two or three, we might just let them pick up the phone and put somebody on hold. Um, but they are not out and on their own till at least after that week four. And even then it's very basic and they've still got a lot of questions. Because again, it's not just answering the phone. Um, You know, customers that are calling into a, a chimney and fireplace company have a lot of questions. They don't even know what to ask and they're using the wrong terminology. So we're having to educate the clients at the same time so that we can gain their trust and get them to book that appointment.
0: Okay, so what you've done here is you're investing time and you're also investing money into this person. And this is what I call the fertilizer, okay? So what you did was you picked out the best seeds, you bring them in, you plant them in just the right amount of dirt or earth. And then the next thing you do is you start bringing them up to speed where you can turn them into a productive employee. Now, the other side of Flue's Brothers is that you guys really believe in your office staff being technically astute, okay? And you want them to know this. So let me ask you a question. How do you get them up to speed on all the technical aspects? Because I believe all of your people could pretty well inspect the chimney and do what's needed in the field, even though they don't do it every day, which enables them to better answer the phone, ask their customer questions. So how do you get them up to speed on all the technical stuff, Brandy?
1: Sure. So the first thing that I should iterate and stress is we're providing them reassurance all along this way because they are very, very overwhelmed. You know, They've had other office jobs typically where it is just as simple as answering the phone or transferring a call or taking down some very basic information. And now we're talking to them about chimney crowns and animals in the chimney and just all kinds of technical things that they are very overwhelmed. So we're providing them reassurance that, to be honest with you, it's gonna be about a year before you feel really super 100% comfortable on the phone troubleshooting and that's okay so we're providing them reassurance then about week two they actually go out in the field um, with a technician they spend a day we try to make it a day where we're going to see kind of a variety of things maybe a wood stove a prefab and then a direct vent fireplace and they actually ride along on the truck with the technician so that they can see Yes, we do lay down drop cloths. Yes, we put on booties because they're gonna get that call. Well, how are you gonna keep my house clean? And then they can see what is a direct vent fireplace. I can show them pictures and videos all day long, but they can actually see the process of how we clean that because they're gonna have to be able to articulate that to the customer. So they're spending the actual time out in the field And then the next biggest piece is that hopefully within sometimes 90 days that's pretty early usually closer to six months to a year for an office person they are getting csia certified which i am just a huge proponent of i think that the entire company needs to hold that certification Um, i tell all the office people you know even for myself the day after i took that test i felt so much more confident on the phone they need to have the same knowledge that my technicians have. Because again, we're going to get a lot of clients calling in that have additional questions. And I don't want to be pulling a technician out of the field every time when that technician is, their priority is the customer they're with at that point. We can answer those calls in the office. We have the technology. We've got all the clients' pictures. We've got the inspection that the technician did. We've got the bids. And now we have the knowledge through the certification.
0: Yep. And one of the things I know is you take this training very seriously, and I've even shared with people of all the students I've ever had that I put through basic chimney sweep training to take a certification test. Brandy, you were probably one of the most serious about it I've ever seen, and very and actually, when you took the IRC portion, it was an emotional experience for both of us. Do you remember that day?
1: Oh, I cried. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why do you want to I told that? everybody
1: that's taking the test. <laughs> I cried. Right,
0: but I know every time that we do training, I've got your office staff there in the classroom, and I know that in the you know they're using our online stuff. They're studying that. You're using a lot of that now in there. So again, what she's telling you that works for her is she's got the right seeds. She has researched through it. Then she goes through an in-depth onboarding process, as you heard. Then there's a very involved training. And what I also heard was, Brandy, you feel it may take you as long as 12 months to get that person to the level you want them to. Did I hear that correctly?
1: Oh, absolutely. And then they just get better and more phenomenal from there. But at least 12 months to really get them to where I feel comfortable that, okay, I don't have to be, you know, in the office and be available to answer a question because they're going to be able to troubleshoot it, you know, 99% of the way.
0: Which is great because one of one of the things and I think that I think we need to share this, one of the things that you left the medical profession for was to have more time with your kids, have more family time and being able to do things. And this is what this hard work you and Jeremy have done over the years. So I'm gonna ask you a question. If I took Brandy out of Flues Brothers, could Jeremy do all this stuff?
1: Um, he has said many, many times that if something were to happen to me, he's done. He's selling and he's done. And actually when I came in, he was he was almost to that point. Um, he, he, he was considering, he was looking at other jobs, looking at maybe being like a vendor rep. He was looking for other avenues because it's just, it's too hard to manage both sides of it. You really have to have somebody managing the office side and then somebody managing the more technical side with the technicians.
0: Right. And that's why I wanted to bring this up here because I did a webinar with you and Jeremy several years ago for NCSG and it's on our, we actually, it's still online if anybody'd like to see it. But we talked about how the two of you have worked together to make a phenomenal team because you have certain skills and you guys expand on your skills and Jeremy has skills and you expand on his skills. And I think that's what has made y'all the phenomenal business you are. You both respect each other's skills. A lot of people may see Jeremy and think he's this crazy guy. But <laughs> really deep down inside, if you get into business with Jeremy, Jeremy is very, very serious when you start talking about business and numbers and things like that. And so these are two guys that have really got it going on and got it together so if you're listening to this and you're in a family business and Cheryl and I taught a class on this what they do is they recognize the skills and the strengths of each other and they balance off each other very very well so let me ask you the next question Brandy how do you track and measure and check them for quality how do you do all
1: this Yeah, so on the office side, um, remember I said that we do record every single phone call. Um, And that's something that I stress to to every person. If you have no employees, if you're just that single operator business, that that would be my number one nugget is make sure you have call recording. Um, But that allows me to go back when somebody is new and I can go back and listen to the calls, listen to how they're handling the calls. And then we can course correct if there is something that they're Um, meeting, you know, maybe they're not following the SOP exactly. Maybe they're getting nervous in the beginning. That's totally normal. That happened to me. Um, So I can listen to that in the call, and then we can help course correct. So that's probably one of the biggest ways is through those um, call recordings. We are big on metrics, as I said. So every single phone call that comes into the office, we have an Excel spreadsheet, and it gets put in, did they book or did they not book? If they didn't book there's a reason we're putting you know are they shopping around um did they think the price was too high and then Excel's formulating for us you know each individual person that's on the phone what their booking rate is so that if somebody's booking rate um isn't looking quite right if it's too low or if it's too high we can figure out what's going on and by too high i mean maybe there's you know something going on where they were manipulating the numbers i've never had it happen but just throwing that out there okay. so um those are two big ways that we're tracking Um, each time for quality. And then, of course, some things are just going to happen if they put in an address wrong. You know, we're going to find out right away when the technician's like, hey, I can't find this house.
0: Got you covered. So here's a common question. you, You survey a lot of Facebook pages. You're in our mastermind group. And this is what we hear people say a lot you know, I just can't find anybody who can do what I need to be done. I'm just going to have to do it myself. I give up. I throw up my hands. I don't know what to do. I'm just ready to shut down, whatever. In fact, you said that's where Jeremy was. So, Randy, what do you share with somebody who feels like they can't find anyone to do what they need done? What's your advice to them? Well,
1: number one, it's a process. And so just relax and be patient. So I would, I would ask number one, how long have they been looking for that person? If it's only been a couple of weeks, that's not nearly enough time. Um, so that would be number one. And then number two, um, you can find that person. There's, hundreds of them out there. Um, So then it's a process of looking at, well, where are you marketing for that person? Where are you trying to draw attention for that person? Are you doing everything in your power or are you just sitting in the office thinking that that person's going to come to you? So I would say, look at your processes and see, and I'll be honest with you. I'm struggling right now. We're trying to hire another office person. Um, I've had several, several interviews that went okay, but I just didn't get that ultimate, feeling in the pit of my stomach that they were the right person for the job. Um, and then I've had a whole lot more of candidates come through that we haven't even interviewed or that didn't make it past the Indeed testing or the phone interview. Um, so I'm struggling right now. And sometimes it's just the time of the year and that's what Jeremy and I've been discussing. You know, I'm like, you know, what could I be doing wrong in the past? I've always found office people that are phenomenal, pretty quickly, um, you know, quickly being within, you know, a month or two, um, that have been with us a long time. And I am really struggling this time. And I think it may just be the time of year. A lot of people may be waiting for their kids to get out of school before they make any job changes. So, um, but the biggest thing is, is you don't want to rush into that decision and you don't want to rush it, especially in our industry. Most companies, even the biggest companies in our industry still don't have a ton of office staff. You know, if you have five or six office staff, that's a lot in our industry. Um, some of the bigger ones may have 10 or 12, but again, that's pretty small comparable. And all of those people have to work together and be a good cultural fit and get along. So this is not, something that you want to rush into. Um, You know, it may even be something that you want to use a temp agency for and then hire that way. We've done that in the past. Um, So just don't rush it.
0: Okay. Well, I got one word. I'm having a hard time imagining Brandy Biswell being patient.
1: (laughs) It is hard. That's why I've been talking with Jeremy a lot, just trying to see, am I doing something wrong? Like, what do you think is different? Why do you think I can't find this quality candidate? Um, and we've had, like I said, you know, we've had a lot of candidates that come in that have they've maybe marked three of the four things off on my list. Um, and and I'm, I am pretty tough, I guess, like my employees say, you know, I'm looking for that candidate that after the interview, they follow up and send a thank you. You know, I'm looking for the candidate that when they get in here, they've already researched us on social media and can tell me just as much about the company as I already know. So I have a, a lot of checkbox marks. As you know, check boxes that they have to check off. And like I said, a lot of the candidates have maybe met three of those, but they haven't met all four. Um, So I'm just, I'm still searching and I'm just being patient.
0: That's great. And, you know, that's the whole thing because what I'm getting at, you would rather have a seat empty than simply having a warm body. Would that be true?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'd rather work night and day, you know, for months on end to find the right person then get the wrong person in here and then have to go through the process of letting them go and starting all over.
0: Yep, And, you know, from seeing your crews, seeing your people, I know you're doing a great job. So, listen, you said something in your presentation about being a servant leader. Now, that is something that is actually out of Dr. John Maxwell's teachings. But can you share this paradox with our with our with the people listening to this?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, there's all different types. Gosh, I don't even know how many now. It seems like they add a new one every year of of ways that you can lead teams. You know, there's transformational, there's transactional, charismatic, autocratic. Then you get into some of the others like Liazé Fair. Um, But I have always tried to do more of the servant leadership. Granted, I might have some characteristics of the others, but we've always tried to lead the company with that um, servant leadership. And there's a, there's a poem I shared at the convention, it's by Brewer, and it's the paradoxes of being a leadership. Um, it's a long poem, so you know, we won't read it, but you know some of the favorite things, and I've got this plastered all over our office, but some of my favorite things are successful enough to fail, So you are going to at some point hire that wrong person um, and have to go through that process and that's okay. You know, wise enough to say, I don't know. Again, I'm always trying to hire people that are smarter than me because I don't know everything. Right enough to say I'm wrong and admit that, whether it be to a customer or to your staff, to whomever, and then controlled enough to be flexible. So I definitely have all these systems in place, but I also have to realize that there are things that are outside of my control and work with that and then um, knowledgeable enough to ask questions. So I feel like we're always learning. I mean, even though we have this um, certification and I think Jerry, you brought this up, we're learning every day. We always need to be continually staying up on what the newest trends are, what the newest um, books are out to read, what the newest classes are to take. We need to be learning every single day. Um, And then, you know, it's kind of like parenting. Servant leadership is a lot like parenting, I think, where you also have to be loving enough to be angry. So it's okay. You know, it's not just all, a lot of people think of servant leadership, like, oh, everything is great and wonderful and rainbows and love, love, love. And that's not it at all. It's holding people accountable in a respectful manner.
0: I agree with that. And it's, it's really super. And, you know, something else I add it's like you delegate to your people wonderfully. I mean, it was like yesterday afternoon. We did a one hour webinar yesterday and it was a how to use online training to your best advantage. And you had Aubrey attend that for her, for you. So she would be working into that area. And like I said, after this class is over, I wanna hear me and you'll talk a little bit about that after we finish this podcast, but anyway, That's, you know, it's just the way things are. And what you've heard here is some super ideas for you to cycle in your own business. So Brandy, before we bow out of this podcast, I would just like to leave it open to you for a minute. What would you share with people? Words of wisdom for Brandy to give them strength, to give them energy, to tell them how they can move to the level that they want to be. You know, because that's what I've seen you guys do. You're a phenomenal example to other people in the way you run your business, your personal life, your family, your children, everything. So, I mean, y'all rushed back from a convention to get to a dance recital, I believe. So you would be there for one of your kids' dance recitals on a Sunday afternoon. So you just do a phenomenal job. So what wisdom would Brandy share?
1: Just to, you know, enjoy the process, enjoy the ride. And it is a process. None of this has happened overnight for us. Um, I came on to the company in October of 2013. And then finally, full-time when I left my other positions um, in nursing and teaching in the spring of 2014. And we've just been growing and developing processes. I mean, I would say at least couple times a week we develop a new process you know if something comes up that we can see that can be improved so it's not supposed to happen overnight it's supposed to happen You know, organically and slowly and just continue working on it. Definitely um, have that work-life balance because I think that is so, so important, especially as business owners. It's real easy to get caught in the weeds and putting out fires and ignore everything else in life happening around you. And so you always need to be looking for processes to put in place so that you aren't putting out as many fires and getting caught in the weeds so you can have that work-life balance. You mentioned um, delegating to Aubrey. Delegating is a huge part of it just giving up that control putting those right people um, in the right seat so that you can delegate to them and they want to be delegated to that shows that you have trust in them and then make sure that when you get those people in those spots that you're growing them as well you know Aubrey we're always looking for educational opportunities for her She goes to um, several things through a a resource we have here in Kansas City um, that has like a social media club and they have some different events that they put on. Um, Because ultimately, too, I want to be growing her so that, you know, 10 years from now, hopefully not. (laughs) And hopefully it's at least that long if she ever decides to leave. um, You know, one of the questions that I ask when I interview is, who's your favorite boss and why, because that can tell you a lot about a person. I want to be that favorite boss, and I want to be, you know, that they respected me, they delegated to me, and they grew me as an individual and as a person in that position. So it's a process, and enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah, you know, I want to share this email, if it's okay with you, that you shared with me that someone had sent you after your presentation. They sent you a thank you note. My wife and I are trying to implement many of the things you laid out using indeed scoring our applicants and have some good ones i don't think we would have found otherwise now we'll see if we can make it through the process and we still like them by the time it's over but those are the kind of notes i don't know i think that made your day and that's what it's all about and that's why you won that friendship award sweetie it's because you are a person that does help other people in any way you can and i want to congratulate you for that
1: well thank you thank you it's an exciting time in our industry i also got a handwritten thank you note from a couple that's just starting literally this week starting their business um and they were in my class it's a very exciting time in our industry i met so many people at convention that were first-time attendees and are just starting out and just getting their businesses off the ground um a lot of them husband and wife teams and that is very very exciting to me and i i want to be available to those people and you know, help them with what I've learned. And I'm sure I'm going to learn information from them that'll also help me in my business.
0: Yeah, you know, Cheryl and I had some of those teams. We did a class on Saturday and it was all about working together as life partners and as business partners. And, you know, we didn't bring up you and Jeremy's names per se, But you guys are such a shining example to so many people out there, Brandy. And I want to thank you for your friendship and I want to thank you for being here with me today and sharing this with people. I think the people that listen to this are going to find that the past, the 30 minutes they spend in this are going to be very, very valuable to them in the future. So I appreciate it. And with that, this has been the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. It appears every week on major. The major podcast networks, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, I don't know where it all goes. We also have it on our YouTube channel. So feel free to tune in. This is episode, I believe, number 44 that we're doing right now. It might be 43 or it's 44. Let me see here. This is episode 44. So we've had a lot of great guests to get in the past. If you have not list to them, you can get all of them on any of our channels. So tune us in. This is Jerry Eisenhower with CBC Coaching, and we appreciate you joining us every week. It's truly a privilege, and it's an honor to be able to share things with you that can help you take your business to the business level that you dream of. Tune us in next week for another edition of the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. Thanks for joining us here each week at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, sponsored by CVC Coaching. Providing you the coaching and educational outreach services you need to move to your dream destination in business and in life.